welcome to Navigating Your Career, the only podcast that blends personal development, professional skills, and psychology to help you get happy at work and live the life you want. If you want to stop feeling stuck and start feeling better, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Melissa Lawrence. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This week, I am back again with another special guest, Nick Drosty. Nick is a manufacturing supervisor with Emergent Biosolutions, and he's also the recruiting team lead for Emergent's Veterans Employee Resource Group and the director of data analytics with the Vets2 Industry. And the reason that I wanted Nick to come on the show is he is doing such amazing work with helping veterans get into the pharma biotech industry, and he volunteers with them, he mentors, and he really helps companies see the talent that exists within the veteran population, how transferable the skills are, and is providing a lot of insight on this episode on the perspective of the veteran community on how transferable the skills really are for the pharma biotech, how it could really help pharma biotech get to the next level by leveraging these skills and recruiting and sourcing veterans specifically and the volunteer work that he's doing, and really how, as an employee at your company, you can leverage some of his insights to help be more inclusive at your company and to help recruit and source more veterans to do the important work that we do in the pharma biotech industry. So he provides a lot of great insight, and I can't wait for you to take a listen. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. I have Nick Drosty here with me, who is going to be talking to us about his work with Emergent Biosolutions and how he is helping veterans move into the biotech pharma space. So Nick, welcome to the show. I am so happy that you're here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Can you um, give everyone a little bit more of an introduction about who you are and what you do? Certainly. Um, I am an Army retiree, retired after 20 years and 13 days from the from the Army a couple of years ago and kind of landed in the, the biotechnology industry while I was uh, pursuing my master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology and then liked it so much that I just kind of kept going and have been learning about it ever since. Also uh, started volunteering with an organization called Vesta Industry, where we help uh, transitioning veterans and veterans throughout their life cycle build their skills and networks to leverage their potential more effectively and find a, find a new career and, and lifestyle. Yeah, I love this work that you're doing to help vets get into biotech pharma. I think it's so needed. There are so many transferable skills that are relevant to the industry, and we're going to get into all of those details um, and talk about the role that you have um, in that space. But before we do, can you share a little bit more about your career journey and how you got into biotech? Sure. Funny story. I had never heard of biotechnology. After retiring, I was just looking for for a job to do while I finished school and kind of wound up at a at a veterans job fair in Baltimore uh, just kind of without a goal just talking just wanted to talk to everybody and see what see what the options were and I wound up hitting it off with an air force veteran who was standing behind a table the more we talked the more we saw that my background in in leadership and quality control processes kind of kind of 
matched what they were looking for. And now he's my, my mentor and, and boss. <laughs> That's great. So the work that you're doing is very relatable because you were in that same space. No, I wasn't in, I was in uh, intelligence analysis. So not really, it doesn't sound like it would transfer on the surface, but when you look into it, it's quality control, production and, and analytics of metrics, development of tools, and then client support. Mm-hmm. Right. So you made your transferable skills work within industry, and then that's what you're helping people do now. Exactly. Right. Okay. So what do you love about working in the industry? I think for me, the biggest thing is, is mission and, and purpose. Um, common in, in other industries, you're, you're making a switch for a circuit board or something that does something else. What, but in biotech and, and pharma, what we're making is things that are immediately going to have an impact on the well-being of, of a, another human. Things that, you know, one day you're curing, helping to cure cancer, you're creating uh, medical devices that help people improve their life. You know, everything we do has has a significant impact on, on somebody else's life. And that gives me a lot of meaning and purpose. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people really love around working in this industry is just the direct impact you can have to patients and to caring different kind of unmet medical or health needs. Absolutely. So what do you think is the biggest challenge of working in the industry? Of the industry in particular or yeah, of just work like that pharma bio, like working in the industry, a challenge that you might have. So maybe not the biggest, that might be like a big, a <laughs> yeah, big answer, like solve all of the problems <laughs> right now, but just a, I guess a challenge that you see working in the industry. I think communication um, and part of that goes into the kind of the very insular way that our industry um, has kind of evolved throughout the years um it's it's very hard to to break into it at anything below entry level so communicating that there are more than just entry level positions um and and how to how to um get into that is is something that i think um the industry as a whole is lacking Okay. So coming into a position that's not entry level when you haven't worked in pharma biotech before. Yeah. Creating a diversity of thought that, that you don't really get when you, when you require years of industry specific experience kind of makes you have tunnel vision and and prone to groupthink. Yeah. That, no, that's a really great point. So tell me more about diversity of thought and how maybe bringing in I mean, vet specific, but really other people outside of pharma biotech into a position that's not entry level and how that would be really positive for the industry. Sure. I think a big thing about it is, is just being able to question everything. An issue that, that a lot of people think with veterans is that we're just kind of drones. We do it, what we're told and we don't question, we just accomplish the mission. And that's not really that's not really accurate. Um, we're taught to, if, if we see something that doesn't make sense, we question it and we try to identify how to make it operate better. And I think that's the right mindset that helps bring that diversity of thought to like, I know we've always done it this way, but what if we tried this or why, why did we do it this way? Is it still relevant? Did we do it because technology 
at the time didn't exist and now it does so you know bringing that those new perspectives is is something that helps drive innovation and and improve process development and improvement yeah that's a really great point because when you grow up so to speak in industry where you start entry level and kind of just stay in the industry then you do eventually acclimate to the norms that exist within that space where if you come in at a higher level where maybe you're having some decision making authority but you don't have that background then you can think about how to solve problems in a different way than people that are used to kind of doing things the way that have always been done. Absolutely. And you have enough um, humility, maybe, maybe that's not the right word, but <laughs> enough to, to, to recognize that you are not infallible. So having the humility to be like, I think this might be something that could work, but tell me why, tell me why I'm wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I like that a lot. So how did you get into volunteering? into volunteering uh, specifically for the veteran population kind of through through my own struggles and a few of my my friends I had a, a significant personal loss a few years ago long like 20 year friend who who um, had some trouble with his transition and and couldn't couldn't see a, a pathway ahead to support his family and he ended up taking his life I'm sorry to hear that yeah and knowing knowing that the difference between you know just his survival is being able to thrive and support his family was just a job and just somebody taking the chance to to recognize his value is something that really resonates with me and he's he's not alone by by any stretch there's um you know the number 22 is is 20 21 22 23 they're all thrown out a lot as as you know the number of veterans who who take their lives every day but that doesn't capture the the real meaning they're more than just numbers they're people who have goals and aspirations and helping them learn how to accomplish those is something that um definitely uh helps me helps me uh, uh keep on keep on trying yeah, that is so meaningful. That is so much more than just transferable skills. Yeah. Right. It's like literally could save someone's life to look at them as more than a number, more than what they've done in the past or what their resume might say, but really what they can bring to the table and the value and the contribution that they can make in a lot of these positions that they're already qualified or overqualified for. Absolutely. Right? Okay. So what do you think is the biggest challenge for the veteran community when trying to use their transferable skills from the military to a traditional civilian role? I have to once again go with communication. Yeah. That's the the most common issue that I that I see with people that I that I mentor and and talk to is they they'll either sell themselves short because their skills on paper have been tailored to their to their profession in the military and they don't know how to to express them in in any other industry helping them learn how how to express what they did in a way that specific industries will understand is is a is a big challenge and then helping them to really know what industry they want because you come out of the military with a 
with a template of what you did, but your job title doesn't capture what you actually did in the military. There's leadership, there's human resources, there's operational improvement, advising, counseling, all of these things are built into every position in the military. So people often will look at what their their job title was because that's what they can explain. So learning how to how to how to break that down into what they actually did and how it how it can translate into specific industries is is really the the biggest challenge, I think. And are there resources for that right now? Absolutely. So that's actually another problem is the amount of resources that are out there is so big that it gets overwhelming a lot of times. Um, like you can, there's so many options that it's hard to pick just one. Mm -hmm. So a big part of what we do at Best Industry is we help people learn about the resources based on what they're goals and, and aspirations are. So we have a database of vetted and verified resources on bestindustry.org where they can go in and just search based on what they're what they're looking for. And then we also have uh, mentors and guides that can help identify resources that they may, may not have considered. I like that a lot. So that is, it's really almost like your own guide to help you with all of this overwhelming information to help you right. figure out what is really most applicable to you and what's going to really help you based on your unique situation. Exactly. Because it's, it's, there's not just one, one answer for everybody. Everyone needs a bespoke kind of package for their own goals and their needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think that there's a stigma at all with hiring veterans? I think there's more than just one. The Hollywood stigma that all veterans have PTSD and are kind of a fracture shadow of their of themselves that can't function in in a uh, in high pressure environments. Um, there's the stigma that every veteran is the same. It's easy to think of you know like your mental image of veterans probably isn't doesn't capture the total environment i mean veterans are one of the most diverse populations there are we have diversity kind of built into it with the huge variety that we have of of people and backgrounds being pushed into one to all have to work together to accomplish a mission builds diversity and and um kind of inclusion into into our population that I think is often overlooked. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for how some of that stigma can be addressed? I think definitely one is to get involved, whether you're a veteran or a civilian, there are plenty of organizations that you can provide mentorship through and you can even start a program in your, in your company, something that, that we've done at Emergent Biosolutions and are, are currently working on is a veteran outreach program and a mentorship pipeline for transitioning veterans, not just to our company, but for the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is getting involved. Find find a mission, find a, a nonprofit group that whose mission resonates with you and learn about them and, and get involved more than just, you know, making a donation. Mm-hmm. That's a great segue. So the next question I wanted to ask you is what you think the biggest opportunity is for companies, especially in biotech, for leveraging the talent within the vet community. 
I think there's there's a wide variety of that. I mean, the part of again with the with the stigma that that we talked about is the the typecast. Um, it's very easy to think, okay, they they uh, they're a veteran. They can they can do manufacturing, and that's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But not, you know, it's it's easy to take for granted the program management skills. You know, a lot of Lean Six and and or Lean Six Sigma skills are very transferable. Human resources. Uh, there's a whole array of skills, soft skills that are built into a successful military service. And with Fort Dedrick in here in our area, you've got chemical, biological nursing doctors you have all of these things are are in the veteran population they're not as actively resourced as as they could be i think so what do you think companies can do to attract and be more open minded to the veteran population so i think um some real in depth job analyses um let me reach into my to my IO psychology background, um, <laughs> you know, actually making sure that the the requirements and job descriptions that you're using fit the role that you're that you're trying to fill, and it can be read by somebody outside of the industry. If you use industry specific terms, you might think that you want those, but I can teach somebody what a what a kappa is in about five minutes, and it's making it more universal to bring in that diversity of thought people that can can learn on their on their feet and and actually bring something more to the table than just that background knowledge mm-hmm. and yeah I like what you said about the job descriptions because I, I think a lot of them will say you know 10 years or 15 mm. years industry experience and so part of it might be questioning is it really industry experience or just experience that you're looking for because i think i mean not to get too deep on that but i think there's a couple of issues one is a lot of entry level positions want multiple levels of years of experience mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't really make sense so that's its own problem but especially when it comes to transferable skills you know you're really looking for something very specific when you say it has to be X number of years within industry. And I just would encourage people to really question, do you need the industry experience like that? It might be maybe one year industry experience, but you want 10 years experience in leading complex projects or whatever it is, but you don't have to do all of that within the industry. Yeah. And then also I think education um, is another kind of barrier. I mean, I know that chemistry and biology are important in our industry, but I see a lot of job descriptions that don't really seem like those should be prerequisite. Like you can do, you can perform the job without having a master's degree in, in chemistry or biology. That's a pretty common thing too, that it's, it seems like it's thrown on there just to be a barrier more than, mm-hmm. or no, I agree. I've heard that complaint before and it, it doesn't really benefit the companies. Like if you are having someone sit at a bench and pipette all day long, but you're requiring someone with a bachelor's or master's degree in a scientific field to do that, those people end up coming in and they're bored after they finish their training because they're just sitting there 
pipetting all of the time. So that's a type of position that you don't really need to have any industry specific experience. It's just letting go of some of that comfort. Really. I feel like we're circling back to what we said in the beginning about doing things differently than what we've done before and questioning that status quo, which is exactly why you would want people outside of industry. So I feel like we're having this, like, I'm having that like mind blown emoji moment right now. We're like, (laughs) it's all coming full circle. Well, it's, it's also like we say, we talk about it all the time in the industry, like, you know, process improvement doesn't happen by doing the same thing over and over again, but we look at that at a specific process and not the, the way we've been operating overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for any veterans that are listening, what advice would you give them to market themselves for the biotech industry specifically? think step one is always going to be learn the language um as a as a former linguist that's kind of my uh my thing but it it really it goes into the whole communication thing like if you can't talk to somebody in in their language then you can't expect them to to recognize your value so what uh a, a lot of things so what i've done in the past is podcasts um, like this one, um, <laughs> listen to all of them and like the, not only listen for, for the, for the language that, that like what people are saying, but look at the people and then connect with them, reach out to them on LinkedIn and say, Hey, I, I heard you on this podcast and I really liked what you said about this and then build the relationship. Do that with everyone you come into contact in this industry, find find companies that you whose missions resonate with you and learn about them follow them connect with veterans in their in their organization and then you know leverage tools like uh, american corporate partners acp they set you up with with a long-term uh, mentor from fortune 500 companies that can help you bridge that gap learn look at your background and say okay this is how that could translate to to this line of work Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you can understate the importance of networking and relationships and just, it's really, it, like, this is going to sound a little bit harsh, maybe, but it's really like getting over yourself when it comes to reaching out to people. Yeah. I think what prevents people a lot of the time is that they are worried about what people are going to think of them. What if they, you know, don't reply? What if they say no to my request? But you not reaching out at all is just rejecting yourself ahead of time. Yeah. And the, and if they don't like, if they don't respond, then it's their loss. Move on to the next person. Cause there's, right. there's so many people out there that can connect with and can, those people can connect you with other people. That's how I met you was through a yeah. connection of a connection of a connection and just, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say is we wouldn't even be talking if it wasn't for that reaching out, right? Like exactly. we're both, connected and engaged with BioBuzz. And then mm-hmm. I saw you post something on LinkedIn. And even though I used to work at Emergent a number of years ago, I didn't know you. So that's just kind of a fun fact. And yeah. so then just reaching out and saying, Hey, I love what you're doing. Like, I want to learn more about it. And I was just really curious. Right. And then we had this yeah. conversation and now we're kind of leveraging this platform to share this story with more people, but it all started with a LinkedIn message, mm-hmm. right. Which also with you just posting and sharing your story through bio buzz of what you were doing, which made it more visible. So it's all just those like little decisions that we all make that help 
get that reach that we want to have. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to, to Adam Van Bavel. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's going to love that. <laughs> so what is your ultimate goal with your volunteer work? You touched on why it's so important to you. Do you have a goal you're working toward? Um, really, it's just more awareness, um, you know, building, building the, um, the knowledge from a, from the transitioning veteran perspective, and then also from the industry's perspective, um, they both uh, suffer from a lack of awareness. Um, and so that's really my, the focus of, of my, my efforts is to build both of them up so that they recognize the value of, of each other. Um, mm -hmm. I know there's, there's a huge amount of veterans that have landed in biotech, but it's not an industry that we think that we talk about or think of when we're transitioning. And it really should be because it's the, the missions, the scalable nature of, of the, of the industry. So we can come in at a certain level and using the, using our, our tools like the GI Bill or vocational rehab or um, onward to opportunity certifications, we can we can mold ourselves to fit a kind of a pipeline of talent down the road that um, that helps us and and the organizations that we're a part of. And so, what is the impact that you've had so far? Um, that's a good question. I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a uh, quantifiable at the moment, um, <laughs> but I think I'd like to think that that I've opened a few people's minds to to the possibility. Um, I know uh, Emergent has not, you know, not as a result of only only my efforts, but we we've recently created a employee resource group that is that is gaining momentum and is and is building as we speak. Um, and yeah. I've, I think uh, just building, we've, we've come this far. So there's, there's already, there's some awareness that's, that's being built. Um, you know, the, the articles on BioBuzz have, have hopefully showed some people the, the possibility. And then I guess we'll, we'll see in the future what. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, I mean, I think you're being a little bit modest, Nick, because you're, because <laughs> you have the work you're doing with Emergent, right? But then on top of that, you have these efforts that you're making outside of your work with Emergent, whether it be writing for BioBuzz or mentoring others like you do, the speaking that you do. So I think your reach and the impact you're having is probably greater than you think. It's more than a few hallway <laughs> conversations, right? <laughs> yeah, perhaps, I mean, but it, I mean, that's in the, in the end, if it, if, if it helps one person, that's, that's enough impact for me. So I don't, I try not to think about, you know, reach and, you know, making it too serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I think is, you're yeah. definitely going to help more than one person that listens to this podcast, at least see things differently. If not change the way that they're recruiting talent or making even some dedicated efforts around how they're bringing, or even have been having exposure to the veteran population for their open positions. And I love that you mentioned the employee resource group because I think a lot of companies have employee resource groups, but a lot of them don't have one for veterans. So mm -hmm. you might be a great resource for people listening that are thinking, hey, like we should have one of those at our company. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So how can people support this cause? Is there any tangible ideas that you can provide, whether they're an individual employee that just wants to support it, or if they're a leader in an organization or even in HR, what would be some next steps they could take? So let's see, let's break that down. So individual employees can, can help by getting involved. If you, if your organization has a employee resource group, sign up. Um, If they don't, um, send a, a memo to, to your entire yeah, start one. team. Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy who, who might've done that his second month, um, send a, a memo to his entire, uh, senior leadership team saying, let's do this. Is that um, you? I don't No comment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For HR, there is the veterans to work training. It's a certificate program that, that kind of shows you the value and gives you some background on on a lot of perspectives that you may not be aware of. And it's free. It's a great tool. I've actually gone through it and they do a lot to to kind of combat the the biases and, and stereotypes we might have with the with the veteran population and also kind of give you some perspective on why you should hire the benefits that that come come with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes for anyone that wants to check that out. So you can easily access it. Awesome. There was one more group leadership, leadership, you know, get involved again, read the memos. Yeah. Read the memos. <laughs> um, the forthcoming memos. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, leverage your, your leadership to, to make change, to implement change. Um, if you are a hiring manager, then Look at your look at your job description and see um, if if I was someone on the outside, you know, kind of build up the the skill sets that you're that you really need, the soft skills that that aren't universal, mm-hmm. and you know, try to try to tailor your job description to fit that. Um, mm-hmm. Find a find a community, a, a nonprofit, a volunteer group volunteer with them and, and then share, share with your coworkers and, and fellow leaders, what it means to you and, and help them find, find something of their own. Give back mm-hmm. mentor, sign up to be a ACP mentor, sign up to do a, a veterati um, is another great tool for, for kind of short-term mentorship, find the tools and, and use them to, to build up the, the incoming, your soon to be incoming workforce. Right. Yes. I'm going to have to get all of those links, all of those sure. things you mentioned <laughs> so we can link them up and make them easy to find. I think it's something that managers can also do is ask if there are qualified candidates that are veterans when they're recruiting for a position, similar to when we are trying to get more diverse candidates for positions, whether it be women or any other any other group, like really asking, like, do we have, did you tap into the veteran population? Did you do any specific outreach to try to get more candidates? Because often it's those groups that are less represented that have less visibility in those hiring processes. So I think you have to do a little bit more targeted outreach to do your due diligence to make your candidate pool more diverse. Yeah. And then also after after you do that, 
keep an eye on the metrics of, you know, getting, try enforce or, or try to motivate your, your hiring teams, your HR teams to get to, you know, the 10% veteran friendly benchmark and then keep going, you know? Yeah. Or what do you think about even tapping into your current veteran employees and asking them for referrals? Yeah, I like to uh, I like to kind of jokingly refer to myself as a, a veteran mascot. You know, find <laughs> find I mean find a veteran who who wants who's motivated to to share your share your message and and give them you know amplify them, build them up and and help them help them spread your your mission and and that kind of that will lead to to those um, referrals. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this has all been so much great information. I think that you really open the eyes to so many different issues that exist and how we can just do more to support the veterans in our community. Is there anything else that you want to say that we didn't talk about? So that it's not just all about the industry and building up the industry is a lot of causes for veterans is helping them find passions and hobbies outside of uh, their line of work that can really help them replace the void that's left behind, you know, the family aspect of, of military service. Everyone has a thing that they can, that they can find that will help build them up and build their, their confidence. And there's a lot of nonprofits out there that are, that are tailored to, to doing that for transitioning veterans. Um, for me, it's, it's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, and mm-hmm. grappling. It's been a, a passion that that I've that I've found and am able to do with my daughter that has really helped helped my transition a lot. There's fishing, there's biking, there's service animals, there's horse riding. For every type of possible passion, um, there's there's some there's a group out there trying to help veterans find it. So you did, it doesn't just have to be about getting veterans into the industry, find something that resonates with you and, and then, and help that, that population. Great. So as we wrap up, I know some people hearing this are going to be like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to Nick. I want to pick his brain on this. I want to know how I can get more involved. So can you share how people can get in contact with you? Sure. Probably the easiest way is, is LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me and, and message me and, and we'll build that network. All right. So we'll put a link to your profile in the show notes as well. Lots of links, lots of action for people to take after this episode. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate all of your insight and all the work that you're doing. Thank you, Melissa. It's been a pleasure. Coaching with me is the best way to guarantee you get happy at work and achieve your career and life goals. Getting started is easy. Head over to www.melissamlawrence.com to learn more and apply. It is the first step to get you from feeling stuck to knowing exactly what you want and have the tools to make it a reality. I will be by your side the entire way.